Thank you, Lori, for leading us so beautifully, and thank you for being here today. We're so glad you joined us for worship today, all of you. We're glad Todd is back with us. It's a beautiful day, and uh, we welcome you, and we pray that you feel God's presence in this place today. And if you're watching by live stream, we welcome you, and we pray the same prayer for you, that you feel God's presence as we worship him. If, if you are a guest today, we have a gift for you out on the Welcome Center. Just go by there and pick up uh, that bag that has the gift in it, and that's our way of saying thank you for worshiping with us. And it also gives you some information about the church as well. But again, we're glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Why don't you stand and greet those around you in the name of the Lord today. Please continue lifting your voices in praise as our worship team leads us.
Jesus. 
so so powerful to speak the name of Jesus when we speak the name of Jesus there is power and there's healing and there's life and there's peace and there's authority in the name of Jesus Christ I am so glad that we are singing and speaking the name of Jesus Christ in this place and I am just praising I'll be honest with you, I can't hardly sing that song without getting choked up because the Holy Spirit speaks so powerfully through the name of Jesus. And it's our prayer today that you would feel his presence and you would be drawn closer to him. And I'm so grateful that we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. And we have a time set aside in our service for people to come and kneel at this altar if you feel led or you can stand or you can, if you're watching online, you can pray wherever you may be. But we just invite you to come join us as we stand together in prayer, believing and trusting in the power of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna invite you to come at this time as we pray together. pray together oh God we come to praise you and to thank you and to speak the name of Jesus there's no other name given to man whereby we must be saved in the name of Jesus at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord thank you oh God for your faithfulness Thank you for your presence in this place. Father, we are grateful for every person here, for every family represented. And Father, I pray for folks at this altar, people praying from their seats, people praying from their homes or on vacation, wherever they may be. Lord, as we all join together in one heart and one spirit, to lift up these needs. Oh God, we have so many hurting today, so many grieving. We pray for all the families that have lost loved ones in these last few days. And Father, we pray for others that are at that threshold of passing into their eternal life. Lord, I pray a special prayer today for Rachel Shoemaker and the Shoemaker and Oliver family and Hardesty family, and Lord, I pray that they might feel your comfort and your strength. Father, I pray for J.D. Moore and Father, his mother Alice and their family as 
he's nearing that point. And Lord, the, the list is long of people that need your touch. Anoint them, O oh God, and comfort them, we pray. Father, we pray for folks that are recovering from surgeries. God, we, we give you praise that Heather Sanderson and, and Rita Haynes came through their surgery successfully. To God be the glory. We continue to pray for their complete healing with no complications or side effects. We're grateful that Mike Herod came through his surgery and as for continued healing to be upon him. And Lord, there are people in this very room that are battling addiction and battling depression, anxiety, and fear and financial problems and relationship struggles and looking for work. Oh God, I pray that you would meet us where we are, that you would set the captives free. And Father, that you would bring victory. And God, I'd be willing to say in a crowd this size and with people watching, there are some people that have never surrendered their life to you. I pray that today might be the day of salvation for many. And Father, we just ask for your touch to be upon them and your Holy Spirit would draw them. And Father, we are so grateful for this church. We are thankful for your spirit in this place. Thank you for being a faithful guide to not only us, but to guide this church and, and to this state and our country and our world. Thank you that you are still answering prayer. And we give you all glory and praise for your faithfulness. And I ask now, God, that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service, continue to sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists and speak through your word and through your servant that our hearts might be transformed, that we might all draw closer to Jesus, for it is in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful again that you're here today. And if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. We'll be reading three verses. And after the reading of God's Word, would you be in prayer for the choir as they come to lead us? But we'll begin reading in verse 12 of Hebrews chapter 3. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you all for that beautiful message and song. And thank you again for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. I am so grateful that you allowed uh, my family and I to get away on a little vacation time. I know I thanked Bill on Wednesday night and Don McCormick for doing a great job leading the last two Sundays. I'm so grateful. The church is in great hands when I'm away. And, you know, with uh, gas prices and with some unexpected expenses that our family had, my wife and I talked, and, and we thought, you know, it would be good just to do a staycation um, because, uh, you know, it's so expensive right now to travel and do all these things. So we decided to take in some of our local treasures that maybe uh, you may not be aware of. We, we went down to the Capital City Museum, downtown Frankfurt, enjoyed, enjoyed that time immensely. Uh, we were able to go to Fort Hill. If you've ever been off of Home Street, you can overlook a friend, go on a little walking trail. We were able to do that. And, and uh, we even went to Lowe's. You know, Lowe's is always a, <laughs> Lowe's is always a good place. And uh, we even took some vacation pictures at Lowe's. First is Ann Catherine, <laughs> the lawnmower. Uh, then we went out and checked out some of the trees and plants. My daughter Sophie enjoyed getting to pose with, with some of those. And I thought, shoot, since we're at Lowe's, we might as well grill out and eat some too. So I, <laughs> we began to grill out there at, at Lowe's. And then after getting that charcoal or smoke smell, I said, I need a shower. So I, I showered at, <laughs> at Lowe's and just made it a family made it a family time there. And then some of you all may be familiar with Cove Springs. There's hiking trails, but wouldn't you know the day that we went, park closed. <laughs> you can see the disappointment in Isaiah <laughs> and then Catherine's faces. I, I felt like uh, it was uh, National Lampoon's family. But I'm sorry, kids, the park is closed. The moose out front should have told you anyway. That's that's what I felt like. And then after a week of doing staycation, my wife said, you might as well go on back to work. <laughs> she said, you know, if we're just going to stand here and sit here and look at each other. And, and I said, honey, if you can find us a last minute deal somewhere, anywhere, then, then we're going to go. And so we were able to get away the second week and if at first you don't succeed, do it the way your mother told you to do. So we were so grateful for the time that we were able to get away. Thank you for your graciousness and allowing us to get away. But that, that was my joke for the day. I, I don't have another. That's it. That's the, I am the joke. I am the joke. You know, these last two weeks have been difficult hard on our church family. It's been very hard because we've lost four of our wonderful church members in a very brief time. We have four more who are in hospice, end-of-life care, and as a matter of fact, I received a message from Vicki Oliver, one of our members, right before the service that said her mother is at that point. It could be any time. So we pray for Rachel Shoemaker and the Oliver family and all their family, that so many 
right now are struggling and hurting. Years ago, I read that book, which many of you read, that, that Pastor Arthur Rick Warren wrote called The Purpose Driven Life. And, and there was one chapter that he called Life is a Temporary Assignment. Life is a temporary assignment. There are many metaphors for the brevity of this life used in Scripture. Life has been called a, a mist. It's been called a breath. It's been called a fast run. It's been called a wisp of smoke. It's been called a shadow. We know that life is so brief and so short. And in our scripture reading today, we're reading out of Hebrews. And you may recall that Hebrew, Hebrews was written to a group of Christians, primarily Jewish Christians who had converted to Christianity, but during this particular time, they were being persecuted. Many of them were being physically harmed, put in prison, having their homes plundered. And some of these new Christians considered this adversity as a joyful time that we're suffering for the cause of Christ, while others... Not so much. They began to waver in their faith, and they were ready to throw in the towel or to give up or to revert back to Judaism because of the persecution that they were experiencing. I'd be willing to say that some of you are here today, and you're probably at the point of giving up or ready to throw in the towel to say, I, I just, there's so much going on and so much I'm dealing with, and and why even try? I'd rather just go back the way I used to be because sometimes living for Christ is a challenge. It is difficult. But the Hebrew writer reminded these Christians, and he reminds us that Jesus Christ is all supreme and he's all sufficient. And he says that Jesus is the mediator of God's grace. So don't give up. And as we were finally able to get out of town the second week, and one day we were at a pool uh, near the beach, and I saw a young man who was in the pool talking to my son Isaiah, and they were trading fishing stories. He had on a hat and had a fish hook on his hat. And then he had a T-shirt that had a message on it. And I'm sorry I didn't ask him what it meant for him, but I can tell you in a minute what it meant to me. He had a T-shirt on. He was standing in the pool, I guess, as not to, to get sunburnt with his T-shirt on. And his T-shirt read, Today, not tomorrow. Today, not tomorrow. And like I said, I, I don't know if it was a, a sports message I don't know if it was a, a title of a song. I, I don't know what it was and what it meant to him, but I can tell you, when I saw that T-shirt, it was God's billboard message to me that smacked me right in the face. There's some things we need to do today and not tomorrow. There's some things we need to do before it's too late. And Today, that's what I want to talk to you about out of this passage of Scripture. Again, there were people dropping out of the Christian race. There were people reverting back to old ways. And today, the message is clear 
that we must do some things today and not tomorrow. And the first thing that we need to do, we, we read in verse 12, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. The first thing we need to do today in the brevity of this life is we need to get our hearts right with God. We need to get our hearts right with God. And when the Hebrew writer was, was writing this passage, he used an example of those Israelites who were in the, the desert, and then God had provided, if you read in, in uh, Numbers chapters 13 and 14, when God had uh, asked Moses to send the spies into Canaan, into that land flowing with milk. And hey, you remember, 10 of the spies that went in to look at that land flowing with milk and honey came back and said, oh no, they are giants and we were look like grasshoppers. Y'all remember that, don't you? But only two, Caleb and Joshua, said we can take this land with God's power we, we can take this land, but yet the children of God disobeyed. And as a result, many did not get to enter into the promised land because they rebelled against God. And in Numbers chapter 14, verse 11, God sent this message to Moses. He said, how long will they refuse to believe in me? in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them. What does God have to do to finally cause us to believe in him and know that his ways are better than ours and, and his thoughts are above us? What's it got? Has he not been faithful to us always? He's always faithful. And he always, like, how many more miraculous signs and wonders do I have to do before I get your attention and understand I'm in control? But they refuse to listen in the rebellion. Many of us refuse to listen. And really, you know what sin is? Sin is disobedience to God. Bottom line, that's what it is. Sin is disobedience. When God told Adam and Eve, you can eat of any tree in this garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that's in the middle, if you eat of it, you will surely die. What'd they do? They ate. That's when sin started, when they disobeyed God. And some of God's most faithful servants have even disobeyed at times in their lives. You remember David in the Old Testament was referred to as a man after God's own heart. But what happened to David? David lusted, he, he committed adultery and committed murder. And then you remember in Psalm 51, verse 10, after he had been confronted by his friend Nathan, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. To create a whole new heart within me. And then in Psalm 66, 18, David said, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You ever wonder why God isn't blessing your life? 
God doesn't bless disobedience. Some people say, I just don't understand why God's not. You don't believe, you question him because your heart is not right with him. And until we get our heart right with God, don't expect things to dramatically change. And you're like, why would God want to show us his will when we're living openly and disobediently to his word? We must obey him because when we obey him, we're showing him that we love him. It's not a burden, it's a blessing to follow him. But we've got to get our hearts right. Some of you are here today and you need to get a cheerful heart. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. How many of you are here and you are a Christian, but yet your co-workers, your neighbors, the, the people that you do life with, they wouldn't know you're a Christian because you never have a smile on your face. You don't have a light heart or a light spirit. You're always angry, mad at the world, negative, critical, fault-finding. Nobody wants to be around somebody like that. We must have a cheerful heart, but then we must have a pure heart. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, the Beatitudes, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You wonder why you're not seeing God? You've got to get all the impurities and the sin out of our lives, out of our hearts. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. But then we've got to have a believing heart. And that was the trouble with the Israelites when God was leading them. They were so scared, they didn't believe that God had the power to do what he said he was going to do. Do you believe today that God has the power to do what he says he's going to do? He does. He has that power. And so Romans 10, 9 says, if we confess with our mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So we've got to have a cheerful heart, a pure heart, a believing heart, and know that we've got to get our hearts right with God as long as it is called today. I read the story about a man years ago that was blind, and he was seen out one night walking down a sidewalk with a flashlight. And people went to the man and said, uh, we see that you're blind. Why, why is it that you are flashing your flashlight? And he said, because I don't want to cause anyone to stumble. And so some of us are here today, and maybe we have some habits or some things in our lives that are causing other people to stumble. And I think that we as Christians are held accountable when we cause others to stumble. Is there anything in your life right now that not only is tripping you up, but tripping up your spouse or your child or your grandchild or your coworker or, or your neighbor? They're looking at you and they're wanting to see Jesus, but instead they're seeing your habit or your wrong intention or your wrong motive. I pray today, as long as it is today, that we would get our hearts right with God. But then secondly, in verse 13, it says, but encourage one another daily 
as long as it is called today so that we will not be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So we are to, secondly, go and encourage others. Go encourage others. That's exactly what we are called to do. Encourage one another. I've shared this with you before, but the New Testament has over 50 times the phrase each other, one another in it. Over 50 times each other, one another. And so we are called as followers of Jesus to love one another. We are called to pray for each other, to encourage each other. We are called to bear one another's burdens. We are called to serve each other, to submit to each other, to pray for each other. The list goes on and on for each other. And we read in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, let us spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more till we see the day coming. Now when it says encourage one another as long as it is called today, you know what he's talking about there? Today is the time of divine grace. In other words, God has given us the opportunity to get our lives in order with him, but one day it will be too late. His grace is upon us right now. And while there is time, we are to get our houses, our lives in order. And in doing so, you might be an encouragement to someone else. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, I'm so sorry that we had to delay and postpone our 830 service. I'd love to, we're going to reevaluate in August. I'd love to see us be able to offer the 830 service. And the more people that come, then the more people that we'll need to see. But I've, I've told you before, I love seeing more people than I do empty pews in God's house. And it's been therapeutic and healing for us to come together after such a difficult... It's encouraging to the staff. It's encouraging to our musicians to see more of you. And I pray in, in August when we look at this service once again that, that you'll be inviting people to come and wouldn't it be great to fill this church for two services? Wouldn't it be great if we had to start a third service? But let us not give up meeting together, but encourage one another all the more. The day, when he says, as you see the day coming, that capital D day is the return of Jesus Christ. And I believe we're getting close to the return of Jesus Christ. And so we must do all we can do to encourage one another, and to get our lives in order as long as it's called day. You know, when COVID began and we were not meeting in person, it was such a difficult time for all of us. We lost several of our church members during that time, not only to COVID, but natural causes, and it was just a tough 
season as I would stand in here and preach to an empty church. The praise team would be spread out in here some just to, to act like there was someone here so I could, you know, and, and I, Chip would play a laugh track after my jokes. You know, we were, we were trying it. I said there was more laughter in an empty church than when it was full after my joke. But anyway, we tried to do the best we could. But you know what? I started getting a mysterious card in the mail, a frequent card in the mail. And uh, there would be artwork on it, some beautiful flowers. And there would be little small initials in the corner that said PB. And so I was thinking peanut butter is sending me a card. So I started trying to go through the church to write, you know, who's PB? Who's PB? I was thinking, is it this? Is it this one? I did finally. I think I went up to Patsy Briscoe and I said, Patsy, was this you? No, it wasn't me. And I was asking different ones who it was. And then I just got one this past week. Again, this is frequent. Started during COVID and continues. And I have to tell you, it's so encouraging to me. This week said, don't be afraid to ask your heavenly Father for anything you need. Indeed, nothing is too small for God's attention or too great for his power. That, that was by Dennis Swanberg. But I found out the PB was Phil Binkston, one of our members, who is such a humble, kind man that you would never know Phil and Ann Bingston that are great members of this church. He makes these, draws the artwork, and it's such an encouragement each week or every other week to get these cards of encouragement from him. We all, you know, we as ministers try to encourage you all, but we sure appreciate when you all show the love back. It's an encouragement to us when we receive encouragement for you. As long as it's cold today, we must encourage one another daily. But then, our last scripture that we come to in, in verse 14 uh, talks about uh, we, since we have shared with Christ through our uh, original conviction, let us hold firmly to the end. And, and we're going to call this giving our hearts and lives fully and faithfully surrendered to Jesus Christ. Not only do we get our heart right, but then we must give our hearts and lives fully surrendered. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold to our original conviction firmly to the very end. And so we must have the conviction of our sin and our acknowledgement of our need of Jesus in our lives. Do you acknowledge that need, that you need Jesus every moment of every day? I shared this past Wednesday, that verse that so many of you may be memorized at some point in your life, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. How many of you acknowledge him in all your ways or just some of your ways? If he's Lord, he wants to be acknowledged Lord overall, not just a select few things. We are to acknowledge him as Lord of all. Have you given your heart and your life 
fully and faithfully surrendered to Jesus Christ today. You know if you have or not. And if you have, then your actions and your words and your lifestyle are going to reflect it. People are going to see the fruits. But if you have not fully and faithfully, then you're going to be just like everybody else in the world. I don't know about you, but I want God to find us faithful with the responsibility of carrying the light and love of Jesus Christ. Years ago, Steve Green, Christian musician, did a song, And may all who come behind us find us faithful. May the fire of our devotion light their way. May the footprints that we leave lead them to believe that the lives we live may inspire them to obey. May all who come behind us find us faithful. It's my prayer that people will find you and me faithful. Those faithful followers in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And that is our goal. Let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning his shame so that you will not grow weary and, and lose heart. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We have a cheering section wanting us to stand firm in our original conviction when we gave our lives to Jesus. Are you doing that today? But I want to close by sharing a story that Dr. David Jeremiah shared in his book, The Signs of Life. And in that book, he told the story of a New Mexico dentist named Dr. Steve White. And he said, Dr. White, when he was 21 years old, he was a college basketball player. And his ailing mother called him to her bedside. And she said, I just want you to know, Stephen, that I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Later, Steve would say, I didn't know what my mom was talking about. He said, our family didn't talk about stuff like that. A very short time after that, his mother passed away. Stephen would become a successful dentist who believed in the material world and getting as many earthly possessions as possible, but he believed that Christians who believed in God were crazy. 24 years later, Stephen was looking at a picture of his mother when her Words that she had shared with him began to pound in his heart and in his mind. And he said, my mother found out the truth before she passed, and she found out the key to eternal life. Stephen was under deep conviction, so he went and got in his truck and he began to drive. And two words, he said, continued to pound again in his mind. And the two words were, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. 
he pulled off the side of the road and he flipped his radio and there was a preacher preaching on the radio. And the preacher shared the simple plan of salvation and there on the side of the road, Dr. Stephen White accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior into his heart. A mother who was at the brink of death left a legacy of faith that she had accepted Jesus Christ and then her son gave his life to Jesus. What about you? Have you done that? Would you know if you were to die today that you would go to heaven or do you say, well, I hope so. I mean, I, think, I don't know for sure. I don't. You know what? That's where our faith comes in. When we trust in Christ, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, so that no man, no person can boast. We can't save ourselves. It's only through Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we know it's only through Christ. I would want everyone here in this place or everyone watching today, wherever you may be, if this were to be our last day on this earth, that we would know without a shadow of a doubt that our children and our family members would know that we have given our lives fully and faithfully to Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. Can you pray that today? Can you be sure of that? That's what that T-shirt today, not tomorrow, meant to me that we need to get our houses in order, our hearts right, our lives together, quit all this petty, silly, insignificant. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing, and that's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him, it would be my humble privilege to introduce you to him. And once you meet him, he will be a friend that will stick closer than a brother. Aren't you ready? Even now, as we pray together, Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are moms and dads or sons and daughters or brothers and sisters or children or grandchildren or people watching, Lord, that they might be sure of their salvation today. God, you told us that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, you've overcome the world. We know we're going to experience persecution, and Father, maybe even at some point, they already do this in other countries, people might be put in prison here because of their faith, and Lord, maybe physically assaulted, and maybe even private property damaged, Lord, these are unpredictable, crazy times, but we know, God, that you are not the author of chaos, but you are a faithful, loving God who loves us and who forgives us. Lord, you tell us in your word that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and Cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Lord, forgive me, forgive us of any sin that would cause someone else to stumble. 
and help us to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Give us the strength and power through the Holy Spirit to do what we know we need to do today. And Father, may we not turn away and disobey and then suffer the consequence, but may we act while we have life and breath. So God, I pray that if there are those here today that have never received you fully and faithfully, may this be the day they confess their sin, ask for your forgiveness, and invite you to come into their heart. Father, maybe there are some Christians that have been, who have gotten off track and they've been influenced by others that are leading them astray. Oh, I pray that they would find their way back to the, to the true path that leads to righteousness, which leads to life. Or God, maybe there are folks that have been visiting this church and, and they want to be a part of a church that's trying to share the hope and the light and the love of Jesus on this hill. God, draw new family members in today that we can love and encourage one another and support one another as long as it is called today. And we'll give you all the glory. Oh, God, have your way right now through this time of invitation and give some people the holy boldness to come. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to invite you, if you're in this place, to stand. And we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. And it would be my privilege to pray with you about your decision for Christ. Or if you're watching, contact me or our staff, and we'd be happy to pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we sing, Have Thine Own Way, Lord.
you be seated just for a moment. I am so excited to introduce to you all a beautiful young lady who has made the most beautiful, greatest decision of her life. Emma Kyle, if you would come up here beside me, and mom and dad, you all can come up here with her too, so she didn't be alone, but today Emma comes on a public profession of her faith in Jesus Christ. Emma, as I just shared, that is the greatest decision that any of us can ever make because this is the only decision that lasts forever and ever and ever. And we want to pledge our love and prayers and support to you in your newfound faith by letting it be known by saying amen. Amen and applause. We're so happy for you. I know Zach and Jamie are thrilled, and Emma, I'll let you go be seated right now, but in a few moments, would you all join me out in the foyer so people can give a warm welcome to this family of faith, but thank you all so much for being here today and allowing the Spirit of God to be in this place. My family and I count it a joy and a privilege to serve alongside you. Thank you for your love and encouragement and support. Phil Bingston's not the only one that sends cards. Many of you all are so kind to send words of encouragement. And if I were to spend the time to go through and start naming names, I'd leave somebody out. But you know who you are. And thank you all so much for all your encouragement. It means the world to us. And we love and appreciate each of you. I want to remind you that at 5 o'clock today, right when there's a storm moving in, there is a... Naturally, a firecracker fellowship without the firecrackers. We always call it just a great time in the Lord together, but it's, there's a big tent in the back parking lot. I know that John Hornbeck and his team are going to be grilling out for us. Uh, the church is taking care of that expense. It'll be a great time of food, fellowship, and then we have uh, Garrick Howe who's a local country music singer, is going to be singing. I think he'll be doing some gospel and a little bit country. He's a little bit country, and I'm a little bit rock and roll. It's going to be a great time that I hope that you will come and be a part of a great time. Even if it's storming or raining, if we need to move into the fellowship hall, we will. But I hope you will join us for a great time. And hopefully look forward to seeing you all on Wednesday as we have our Meal at 5, there's a sign-up sheet and a great time of prayer. If you've never joined us, join us at 6 for prayer in this place. But I'm going to invite you to stand at this time. Thank you all for being here. I look forward to seeing you 
tonight, hopefully, or maybe next Sunday as well. God bless you. I know how much we love you, and God loves you. Bill, lead us in a closing song. May we pray, oh God, thank you for Emma's decision to follow Christ. I pray, God, that her public profession would be an encouragement to others who need to make the same decision that parents need to make, that children need to make, that we all need to make, and given our lives fully surrendered to Jesus. We love you, Lord, and ask your blessings upon each one as they leave. And may we leave this, live this day to its fullest because we know we're not promised tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.